in out in the world, we're told that we need to become something. And so like most people, I spent the great majority of my life becoming. So what I mean by that is um, in every part of our lives, we are encouraged to be like somebody else or something else so that we can, you know, quote, become a better this or a better that, you know, a better wife, a better husband, a better whatever, like pick something. And what that implies, or like sometimes just overtly states, is that who God created us to be isn't enough. That was my good friend, Dr. Ebony L. Trust. Well, she's here to lead us through our unbecoming. She's a founder of Unbecoming Movement, where she equips business owners to live big in the freedom of being the entrepreneur God says they be. Described as fiery, anointed, wise, hilarious, and accurate, Dr. Ebony's mentorship, speaking, and events empower entrepreneurs to unlock who God has called them to be in the marketplace. Now, this is a little bit different episode. Uh, You probably will hear a lot of laughter especially toward to the ends and or that just say kind of make you want to stand up and running around the room that type of uh, episode okay because i think um in this season god is speaking pretty loud to me uh and many of my friends talking about narrow way to really stand up boldly to uh, execute the way that God asks you to in the marketplace rather than copy other people or uh, follow what other gurus say. And it's so much confirmation during this episode. And I just want you to um, get ready and maybe uh, take a paper and pens and write down the revelation that God speaking to you through this episode. Okay? Now, let's check with Ebony. Welcome to the Christian CEO Podcast. I'm Kelly Bother, and I have built an impactful location independent business since 2008 with plenty of rejections, English as my third language, and lots of God's grace. Each week, we will be sharing relevant and direct advice or inspiring interviews with one intention. It's your time to go pro with your marketplace calling. Now, let's get to it. Welcome to the show, Ebony. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. So good to be here with you, Kelly. Thank you so much. You know, uh, Ebony, is a, she already um, is one of our speakers in the uh, not long ago, the East uh, Project. And she's one of my favorite. The reason why is I don't have to do much work because she will bring the energy <laughs> on top of the, of course, all the experts that bring the expertise, but she will just bring the energy and it's just very contagious. So I, I just appreciate so much about her. Um, in the introduction, guys, you already know how awesome Ebony is. And but we always like to you know, hear from the person herself to talk about her journey. So, Ebony, tell us a little bit about that. How did you arrive here? Um, 
you know, so now you can be able to do、uh, the awesome work for the kingdom and even wrote a book. Woohoo! Okay, <laughs> so speaking of the book, first of all, thank you again, Kelly, for allowing me to be here. Every time I come, it is like the bee's knees, and I sincerely appreciate having these conversations with you. Yes, like I love Kelly. Okay, there's that. All right, so <laughs> so、um, speaking of the book. It is called unbecoming, and unbecoming is the phrase. It's like the anti conversation, right? Because in out in the world, we're told that we need to become something, and so like most people, I spent the great majority of my life becoming. So what I mean by that is,、um, in every part of our lives, we are encouraged to be like somebody else. Or something else, so that we can, you know, quote, become a better this or a better that, you know, a better wife, a better husband, a better whatever. Like, pick something. And what that implies, or like sometimes just overtly states, is that who God created us to be isn't enough.、Um, one of my mentees、uh, refers to it as the art of comparison. Right, so I'm looking over at Esau, trying to see what he has, forgetting that there's already something attached to my life, a be attached to my life. I'm instead looking over at Esau, trying to figure out how I can be hairy like him, how I can get the favor that's on his life. Right? How can I change who I am so that I can be like so and so and have what they have? And most people like. Don't see how it's happening to them, or they choose not to admit or acknowledge that race. You know, like with the Joneses. And so, as an entrepreneur, when I first entered this this particular industry, coaching, speaking, you know,、um, that kind of thing, I I wasn't new to business, but I was new to the industry, and. What I came to to learn in hindsight is that the industry is incredibly expert led, incredibly expert led,、um, because we're told to position ourselves as the expert, as the solution. And so when God called me to this space, I wanted to, of course, do it well. I wanted to make God proud, and so the the becoming just fell right in line <laughs> with that. That way of thinking and that way of doing, and so just like what the experts say here, here's my blueprint. Here's how I do it. Here's what works. Take this, pour in your personality, pour in your verbiage, and voila, you'll have a successful business. Voila, you will have what I have, right? And so I drank the Kool Aid, Kelly. I, I mean, I drank the Kool Aid. I got all the downloads, all the blueprints. I did all the things, and I worked very hard. I worked very hard. Very somebody to hear me, a workaholic. Very hard to become what the gurus and my coaches and the industry said I was supposed to become. Until God interrupted me and was like, "Uh, no, that's not what we're doing." Not what we're doing at all. Like I have a heart for you. I am the god of business. If I call you to this space, I know how 
to to um, give you the things to say, the things to do, because otherwise, in, in in a state of becoming, we are trying to take the result that somebody else is anointed for and adopt it as our own. And that's that's when the invitation from hell for imposter syndrome shows up because I'm trying to wear a coat that belongs to Joseph. I'm trying to take Esau's mantle and, and, and attach hair to my arms, right? I'm, tr- I'm trying to take Saul's armor and wear it into battle. I'm trying to adopt another person's anointing as my own. When I have my own authority, my own anointing, and God's like, let me show you who I've called you to be. And let's walk tall and big in that. Yeah, that's so good. And that is precisely why, well, this is not commercial break, but if you guys want to treat it, it is, okay? One is, that is precisely why uh, in my own program that you guys know, the Power One Framework, the very first phrase we're dealing with is a business owner ourselves. Mm-hmm. We don't tell you, say, Oh, just follow this, whatever in the box, and then you will get to a uh, six figure, you know. No, we're dealing with the individual identity aligned first. And then from there, we can, then we figure out who God called you to serve and, and we move on from there. This is so different. And that's why, uh, you know, Ebony's book, the tagline literally called how to stop trying to become who the guru say and instead unlock who God has called you to be in the marketplace. So Ebony, just curious, you know, I published my book uh, uh, many, many years ago and I still remember the book writing process. It's brutal. So I gotta ask you, this is very curious, what prompted you to write this book? Man, that's, that part, that answer is easy, Holy Spirit. I promise you, Kelly, I did not walk into it with any expectation of writing a book. Um, and, and like you said, it was brutal. Like Because initially I was approaching it from the wrong vantage point. I was approaching it from a place of a of writer instead of author, right? Because because in my mind, like that's two different things. Um, and so approaching it as a writer was causing me to move outside of my realm of grace for it. And I had to then, okay, once again, Holy Spirit, this is your idea. I had no intention on writing a book. I need you to come on, like come to the table. Let's do some co-working. Let's do some, some writing together, you know? And then what was so phenomenal is that in the process, what he was showing me is that because, okay, so back up. Initially, when Holy Spirit was like putting on my heart to, to actually write this down, to to put it in the form of a book, I immediately, almost immediately felt unqualified. Mm. I've I've published before, right? But it's been years ago. 
And I'm like, okay, like, I don't, I don't, who's going to listen to me, you know, write all the questions. Um, and what Holy Spirit had to remind me of and show me in the process is that if we're only like, you're only documenting what you've experienced, you're writing down hindsight, what you walk through because you're blazing a trail, you're pioneering for other people. So you're more than qualified. Who can tell the story better than you? You know, and I'm like, wait, that's true. Oh my gosh. You know, it's like, oh, wow. Right. It's like, okay. Yeah. And so that made it easier that, that allowed me to see my role in our partnership. That because at first I was I was taking on the burden of Holy Spirit. I was trying to do both his work and mine, you know, like all the things, Kelly, that because they're there, truthfully. There there will be that invitation from hell to go to the default setting. Right. I got to do it. I got to make it happen. All that self-reliance and being self-made. Right. I'm. There are parts of my life and my business where I still have to yield that understanding that Holy Spirit does not have to. If I put him in time out, it's because I put him in time out. I excluded him from whatever part of the process I'm in. That's not his desire. It's not the desire of his heart for me. It's not who God has said he is. If he's a helper, then he can help in every single part of my life. And so I had to get that down. Like, okay, this was your idea. You're here to help me. I'm fully qualified because it's, it's, it's the thing that we walked out together. I'm just documenting all the stuff. And once I got to that place, it was like, okay, <laughs> like, let's do it, you know? And the joy for it started to, to outweigh everything else, anything else, any other invitation from hell, the, I, like the thought I get to partner with heaven to release this message. I get to steward this with Holy Spirit. Like it's, it's, it's that thing of like, man, wow, I get to do this. And that's how we need to approach everything that we have the opportunity to do with God is to look at it from that vantage point because all he requires is our yes. It's his ability. It's his idea. It's his anointing. All he needs is our yes. And if we approach it from that vantage point, man, I like he, he, he presented this invitation and I got the chance to say, yes, I get the partner with heaven. That's a whole thing, Kelly. Indeed. Indeed. I love how you say it, you know, because that kind of answer a lot of uh, uh, people's uh, one of the most frequent asked question is, oh, am I qualified for this? When God asked them to do new things and many of my uh, audience and clients or clients to be that you are listening to this podcast, that you know in your heart that, okay, God is asking you to do something new in your industry. You know, I literally had one, I now came to mind, one of my clients, Michelle Mays. You know, she is a larger wedding planner. And, but God is telling her to do things so differently 
uh, than other wedding planners in her industry. You know, I mean, yeah. she create a DIY course for busy professionals. You know, wow. meaning when people they if they cannot afford to hire a wedding planner yet, but she want to be able to serve those people. So God dropped this seed on her heart. I say, of course we do. So we do it. You know, I was uh, helping her, and then we are so excited because think about people can have the insights of the professional wedding planners, right? And yeah. And so they can then plan their own weddings. And this thing is so new, right? And for those of you, you are thinking like, oh God, I'm not so sure because I don't see other people in my industry do this thing or do this way. Well, that's precisely because God is asking you to unbecoming. Exactly. Unbecoming to the others, but become who you, that God has called you. And uh, uh, what, you know, Ebony just say, have you guys actually heard that? In her own process of writing this book, she was going through unbecoming Absolutely. as well yes. um, in this process. Would be that correct to say that, Ebony? Oh, absolutely. Because there are, there are levels. There are levels to unbecoming. What, what I understand and, and, and what Holy Spirit is continually making clear to me is uh, the, that the, the fact that unbecoming, like that process. So when we talk about unbecoming, it describes the series of encounters that we have with God where he completely discredits the person we have been striving and grinding and living inauthentically to become while simultaneously revealing and showing and reminding us of who he's called us to be. And that can happen in all five facets of life, spirit, soul, body, socially, and financially. It just so happens that I'm called to the marketplace. So I've taken a red pill like Neo in the Matrix movie, right? So when I'm looking at things um, in the marketplace, I receive the revelation. I see it through those eyes. That's why unbecoming speaks in that manner. At the same time, I also understand that there are others because they're called to a different facet. They may be called to um, one of the other mountains of influence, right? And so they're going to hear the message through that filter. And they'll then be able to share the message with their spheres of influence through that filter. And so God, like, because God wants us to understand who we be in all areas of our lives. And so he talks to me about unbecoming in my marriage, unbecoming in my parenting, unbecoming in, in every area of life. So it's levels to it. And, and there was a, a space and time, you know, where I felt like, okay, I've written a book. It's done. You know, it's like, okay, I, I'm done with the unbecoming process. And God's like, no, 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 no. Like you are the message of unbecoming made flesh. And you have to understand that the message, the saying that, because, okay, so in my world, what unbecoming is be, say, do. You live who you be. You say what you get to say as a result of who you be. 
and you do what you get to do, what you're anointed to do based on who you be, right? So they're like the, the, the saying, the message of unbecoming, the message that God has given you to steward, Kelly, that he's given your listeners to steward. We are that word made flesh. So people are going to see it. They're going to feel it. They're going to want to engage it. Every time we show up big, B-I-G, believing it's God. Every time we show up and walk in the anointing and the authority that we have as a result of who we be, people are going to understand that and recognize that. We see that in Jesus. The scripture says he's the, the gospel, the word of God made flesh. Every time he spoke, that's what you heard. The word, the kingdom. Every time he did stuff, it was a reflection of what? The kingdom, the message. And if he is our example, then we can expect to always be living out some facet of the message that he's given us. So absolutely, as it relates to unbecoming, I'm living out every, every doggone it, nook and cranny, Kelly, (laughs) of that conversation. Like every side of it, I'm living it out because God's like, listen, you are blazing this trail there. Like you, it, it would be inauthentic and a fraud. It would be a lie if I attempted to proselytize a revelation that I don't yet have. Exactly. Is the, the, the example that it's, that is taught in the marketplace, you know, here, Take this. You may not have made money yet, but you got to act like you have. You know, uh, you go ahead and teach the theory, even though you haven't received the reality. You aren't walking in the reality of it yet. You hadn't made the money yet. But here, still pretend like it. Talk about it like you have. No, no, no. Right. So, yeah, that there are absolutely levels to it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. I love what you say in the book, say who you be in uh, is a, your kingdom identity. And it, be, it comes only by revelation. I think as a lot of uh, questions, they often uh, ask a question of, oh, you know, what exactly is my identity? They are kind of seeking this. So maybe there's one day will kind of drop down <laughs> by the, in the thin air. And uh, you said only by revelation. Can you elaborate on that? Yes, absolutely. So um, that that concept, that revelation I got from one of my super friends, Tasha Glover over at Brand with Grace. And when I heard her say that, it, it dropped like a ton of bricks and I had to like sit with that. And that's because throughout all of life, again, the whole becoming conversation, we're told that we should do this or we should do that. So I mentioned earlier about unbecoming in my parenting, right? So great example. As parents, we want to like want what's best for our children, right? And you know, sometimes there presents the invitation to to steer them in a way, you know, that will make them the most money or that will help them to be the most comfortable in their lives. 
we want them to to miss all of the mistakes that we made, right? And so there is this this invitation to to steer them in the way that we want them to go. Oh, you'll make a great, you know, lawyer or you'll make a great doctor or you should do, you know. And so we start planting seeds before we've consulted Holy Spirit about what's on heaven's heart for that person, right? And so because as parents, we are simply stewarding this child. The child does not belong to us. We're stewarding, right? And so it is incumbent upon us as parents to go to God and and ask for wisdom, ask for insight. What's on your heart for this child that you've given me? And then steer them in that direction, teach them how to hear God on their own. But the great majority of the time, we just say, well, here, you uh, should do this. I experienced that as a child. That invitation comes as a parent. However, when we say who you be comes by revelation only, there is not a parent, a teacher, a business coach, a guru, a pastor, anybody in ministerial leadership or whatever the case may be who can tell you who you be. At best, they can confirm what you should have already found out from the father because he is the one who holds the key to who you be. He is the, he created you. He had a specific thing on his mind that before you showed up on the planet, there was conversation in heaven about you. There was a heavenly board meeting. Father, Jesus, Holy Spirit, they sat around and they decided what they wanted for your life. And in order to find out what that thing is, you got to go to them. That's why I said we have to teach our children how to go to God and hear from God on their own because there is no junior Holy Spirit. They had the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. (laughs) It's the same spirit across the board. So Holy Spirit is able to show them just like he showed us. And if we teach them how how to hear from him, then what we do will confirm, right? Same thing. We go to a coach. Oftentimes people go to a coach they go to a guru, they go to a pastor in order to find out, well, who did God call me to be? Well, that conversation can easily be filtered through that individual's prior experience, what they think they know about you by the flesh, all those things. That's why in my world, my folks, they come, I tell them, listen, I'm not trying to lead the witness. Like My disclaimer is, or, or my, my disclaimer is, I'm not trying to lead the witness. You got to pray this through. At the same time, I'm going to, my first question is going to be, well, what did God tell you to do? What did he say to you about the situation? Now, because of the anointing on my life, yes, there are going to be things that Holy Spirit will reveal to me. Absolutely. But it is, again, the role of it is confirmation. It is confirmation because I am a catalyst, not a cornerstone. 
I am a catalyst to, to um, springboard people back to the heart of God, not to position myself as the go-to. So when we talk about it coming by revelation only, it is my job to steer you back to the Father. And then all three of us have a conversation that is confirming, not affirming, that is confirming. And then you then understand, I can go to the Father for all of it, for the business blueprint, for how he wants me to engage who he's called me to serve. As a matter of fact, for who he's called me to serve, period. I can get all this information from him. And when, when you get who you be from the Father, nobody can tell you differently. Like you walk taller. You have a different air about you. There becomes this confidence that you're willing and able to walk in because God told you. Because I'm, if I tell you, it may just be the tacos I ate last night. It, I mean, it's on my own whim. But if God told you, listen, if you have a word from God, you don't need a second opinion. You don't need one. And so there is a confidence that comes from that, that we need, Kelly, in order to engage the marketplace. So we should be trying to hear from God as to who we be, who he's called us to be. And we got to stop yielding and submitting the anointing on our lives to other people by asking them who we are or who we be because that's two different conversations. R and B is two different things, but that's for another day. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys, can you tell, just go to buy the book. I mean, it's it just so rich. I just asked her two questions so far. Okay. Um, so just go to grab book. Now I do want to uh, make a, um, a clarification. Okay. I don't want you guys to take these out of the context. So here we are in the context of talk about your identity. We talk about that you yourself, you should have an answer between you and God, that you should have an answer of what God have called you to do. And no matter what other people tell you. And, but we are not saying then go, don't go to find, uh, don't go to seek a uh, wise counsel. That's not what we are. That's not what we are saying, right? Uh, it's just, for example, it just happened very often in uh, the relationship between me and my coaching clients, right? It's so often, it's, I always told them, say, my job is to help you to think differently. But I'm not telling you the answer. I'm telling you that guide you to challenge you to think differently, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. And also that I'm not the person to telling you what you should be doing. Meaning, yes, in the business, there are certain things that people say, okay, how to create a, you know, a high converting website. Yeah, that. But that is a tactic. That is strategy. What we are talking about is, you know, uh, if you come to me and say, okay, Kelly, I don't know whom I'm called to serve. Right. My first reaction is, have you talked to God about it? Mm -hmm. Have you talked to God about it? And then, you know, and then kind of maybe take an inventory of your journey. So by far, right, that type of thing. 
And so please don't, so guys, I just want to say this clearly, don't take it out of the context, okay? And then write both of us a hate mail say, you say that we don't go to ask for anybody else. We don't go to see wise counsel. We go to go to higher culture though. That's not what we are saying here. Right. Uh, so we just be very clear. Um, the last question I, I also, I want to ask, and I love about uh, what uh, Ebony mentioned in the book, because this is everything all linked together. Consider that if we try very hard to guide you to, in the end of the day, what we are trying to do here is to remind you that you and God alone are enough. You know, you need to hear God's voice by yourself, right? And we only can do what we are called to do is that advice, that trusty, become that, that trusty advisor to you and to say, oh, confirmation, you know, just like what Ebony said. Uh, you say that we have to learn to sit in an uncomfortability, uncomfortability of our inability. I mean, girl, I mean, she creates so many new words. I don't know how to pronounce <laughs> Especially for a, a non-native English speaker. <laughs> Oh my goodness, I'm sorry, Kelly. <laughs> Basically, she said, we have to learn to sit in a very uncomfortable situation of our not so good at doing things. That's what she's saying. <laughs> so let's elaborate a little bit about that. And don't tell them everything because I want them to write your, to, to buy your book, okay? Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I'll try, I'll try, I'll try. Okay, so yes. So in the book, I talk about being willing to sit in the uncomfortability of our inability. And uncomfortability is a word that, like Kelly said, I made up, I make up lots of words to to help people to see stuff. Um, Uncomfortability describes the crossroad, the juxtaposition of that space where our ability starts to kind of wane and God's ability is there, right? And so there again, in, in the marketplace or just, just in life period, we are told that everything basically rises and falls with us. If, if we're not able to get it done, then there's something wrong with us. We shouldn't ask for help, right? We shouldn't be vulnerable. We should always protect ourselves and and make it happen, right? But if that be the case, then where is Holy Spirit? If he's our helper, why not let him help? You know, uh, but there again, some of that for, for some people, it is a thing of not being used to taking, not being used to engaging God outside of the four walls of the sanctuary. Because for some of us, for me, as it relates to business, it was this way for a long time. I'm, I'm, I, I placed God in a box and I said, he does not come outside the church to play. <laughs> he's only at the church. He's only concerned about all of the holy thing, right? That's it. All the other stuff, you know, do it by yourself. Have at it. I'm just interested in the holy thing. Well, who said that? Because scripture says he cares about all the things that concern us. If you're going to count all the hairs on my head, 
if you're going to have my face tattooed on your right hand, why wouldn't you be concerned about what's for dinner? <laughs> I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, and literally I had to learn to ask God for help in those areas. Cause one of the things that burns my biscuits is when one of my sons asks, what's for dinner, mama? <gasps> like that, I hate that question. <laughs> And so I, because it applies so much pressure, like I hadn't even thought about any of that yet. Listen, it's 10 a.m. Why are you asking about dinner? You know, all of those things. And so I started asking Holy Spirit, okay, what's for dinner? So I'll have an answer from my sons when they ask. Things as simple as that, right? He's interested in, but because Oftentimes we adopt this thing of, I got to do it. I got to do it. You know, well, um, I, if, if I, if, if I take one step, God will take two. And, you know, if he takes two, I need to take like all the things, all the things. No, we need to learn how to rely on Holy Spirit from the very beginning. And the reason why we reach um, a certain, almost uh, sometimes, feels like a breaking point is because we try to do the job of Holy Spirit. So instead of doing that, we need to rest in that uncomfortability. I can't do this. <laughs> I don't have the resources. I don't have the connects. I don't have the expertise. I don't have the fill in the blank. But because this was your idea, God, and we've been having conversation about this the whole time, or even if you haven't, this was your idea, God. I need you to do something. Show me something, open the door, something, because I can't. And instead of trying to push through this wall and then start to grind and start to try to do the job of Holy Spirit, I'm going to instead rest in knowing that all you need is my yes, because you're letting me know that you're able, that you're willing, that you have something on your heart concerning whatever this is, whether it be dinner or a talk uh, that I'm going to give in front of 10,000 people. It doesn't matter. It's the same spirit. He's the same helper and he's able and willing to help. Yeah. I don't have to fend for myself. And that's freeing that I don't have to fend for myself. Yes. Exactly. And I think, again, what Ebony just said, you know, uh, what the Holy Spirit needs is our yes. But I want to take one step further. It's after you said yes, and then if you get the, you know, input from God, from Holy Spirit, say, now there's a step one, two, three, Please yes. go to do it yes. and please then do it. Because I think a lot of uh, Christians say, I am waiting on God. I say, okay, so when is the last time God tell you something? And they say, well, God told me this and that. I say, okay, so have you done that yet? Oh, not yet. See, see, and that's the thing. We're oftentimes we're not used to engaging the strategy of Holy Spirit. So I'm finding that when people, like my clients who say like, I'm waiting on God, what they're really saying is that they're waiting to have some sort of heavenly experience where the sky parts, yeah. Gabriel's trumpet blow, 
They see Michael <laughs> wielding his sword and they're waiting for the Lord to come down and tap them on the forehead where they fall out. And, they, and, and, and okay, that's what they're waiting on because they're not anticipating Holy Spirit saying, do this. Okay, then do that. Then call this person. Then go over here. Uh, uh. So there, I mean, we see throughout scripture, God's strategy, and it will likely not look like what the world's carnal knowledge would say to do. That does not mean it's not God. As a matter of fact, it probably means that it's God because who's going to take five stones to go up against the giant? Who's going to say, get a slingshot and sling a rock at a whole giant? That doesn't sound feasible. It doesn't make sense, but it sure enough makes spirit. And yep. that's what you want. You want the strategy of Holy Spirit. So listen, please stop waiting for the sky to part. Stop looking for Jacob's ladder. Just like Kelly said, what was the last thing that Holy Spirit said to do? Because obedience in the first thing qualifies you for the second one. And if you hadn't done the first thing, please stop waiting for the second thing because you got to do the first thing first. <laughs> yeah, and I was thinking about even when for um, Israelites in the Red Sea experience, right? Yeah. Think about when that moment, the Red Sea part. Well, the, for the Israelites, they still have choice. Am I going to step in or not? Yes, right? that's good, Kelly. Right. Yeah. And then let's say if they step in, okay, fine. Even after they step in, they still have choice. Say, so especially like maybe in the middle part of it, it's yeah. like, is this real? Um, Is this really will hold up? And should oh, I go yeah. forward or I better run back? To, yes. to where I know, you know, it seems at least there's no water. And, but if you stand, and then the, if they got kind of stuck by that type, kind of thinking, they just got stuck and then stood still in, in the Red Sea, guess what? They're gonna die, <laughs> right? So it's like, God give you a green light in the Red Sea, but if you are not moving forward, the green light will not stay forever green. Yes. It will become yellow and then hurry up. I got my red. Then if you cannot swim well. <laughs> okay, I'm totally making it up now. But personally, I don't swim well. So I will run. I will take a running. You know? Yes. That's the thing. When God tells you to do something, the moment you got a green light from the Holy Spirit, just like Ebony said, it often sounds not feasible, crazy, and stuff like that. Well, this whole podcast, Christian Seal podcast, precisely is that. <laughs> Five years ago. So, take up running or you die. That's, that's, often, that's often the case. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> okay, guys, we have. Can you tell that we have too much fun here? But here, I think this episode is very different. But this this episode is that you know, although those that a little bit like um, 
you know, sometimes the ser- sermons in the church, you make you running around that type of episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I re- we at the time of recording and release episode is October two thousand twenty one. You know, we've been all through the crazy last year until now we are still pretty much globally is still dealing with the COVID situation and guess what people say when the COVID gonna finish and thing well can I just bring news to you you don't know nobody knows and this probably not the last thing we gonna have to deal with right so the only insurance is this we just have to listen to God. We have to cling tight with God and take one step at a time. He says something, do it. He says something, do it. Then you will see the path open up for you. Yes. And I, I um, recently just really got this very, very strong uh, impression from the Holy Spirit. It's about the narrow way that God is saying he was showering us especially in the business mountain uh he was showering us prosperity grace wisdom whatever you need in your business if you stick to that narrow way with 100 percent focus not left not right but how god asks you to do is not a wide open path but it's a narrow straight path i'm sure somewhere in the bible say that i just don't remember the <laughs> I just don't remember the, the, the verse That's right so now. Good. That's so good. Yes. Oh, my God. Okay, Ebony. So, number one, guys, action for action. The, your assignment from this episode, number one, go to buy the book. <laughs> number two, if you like how crazy we have been for you, please go to leave a review in iTunes and let Ebony and me know, reach out to us. Let us know that have we inspired you in any way. Ebony can tell us a little bit about how people can find you uh, in your social media website. We surely put all the links in the show notes for sure, but just verbally tell people how they can find you. Absolutely. So um, ebonytrust.com is like, the narrow way. That's <laughs> that will take you to all the things. It'll take you to the book. It'll take you to my social media. It'll take you um, to all my doings, uh, how I serve in the marketplace. I, I, in a nutshell, equip people to do business like God. So in stewarding the unbecoming movement, that's what we do. So the easiest way to get to all the things is ebonytrust.com. That's ebony with an I, not a Y. And trust with two S's and not two T's. You see, she's a particular. <laughs> so it's E-B-O-N-I-T-R-U-S-S dot com. Yes. Yes. And again, if you are driving or you are, you, are, you are working out right now, I know. That's how I listen to my podcast. Just later on, go to katiebar.com forward slash podcast. Easy. She will be there. Just go to there. Then you will find her. Ebony, I cannot thank you enough for coming on the show. I cannot wait to see uh, this message, what kind of impact, uh, especially ripple effects that we're going to receive. Amen. Thank you, Kelly. Man, we do have a lot of fun. I appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on. You're so welcome. 
How did you enjoy this episode? Have you feel challenged and stretched a little bit? I hope so. And I know Ebony will hope so too. So for all the goodies and the links, just go to kellybala.com forward slash podcast. I also would like to send the invitation to you because if you are one of those result-driven expert coaches and consultants that you would like to take your business to the six-figure level in the next 10 months with a 3,000 plus flagship offer, then you are my tribe. God is literally stretching out his hand right now to invite you to come over to the Power of One framework. We will do this by aligning with your God-given identity and validate your program value and establish your preeminent positioning to launch your flagship offer with strategic organic content. You hear me right? Strategic organic content. Here's the thing. I have met so many entrepreneurs, Christian entrepreneurs. The problem for them is not about whether they offer enough value to their tribe or not. The problem is you cannot articulate well enough so your ideal clients couldn't find you just yet. If this resonates with you, then I want you to go to powerofoneframework.com forward slash masterclass. Through there, you'll watch your free masterclass and then you will be guided to uh, schedule a Zoom section with me. It's October. We have less than three months left in 2021. Let's get ready. Get way ahead ready for 2022, shall we? Looking forward to seeing you um, in the Zoom section with the Power One Framework, okay? And when you watch that masterclass, you also will start to identify where you got stuck. I cannot wait to meeting you and serving you and your business. I will see you in the next episode. Hi there. If you have found this episode resonating with you, would you please consider to take a moment? Just drop a review on Apple Podcast. It will serve a fresh dose of blessings to those of us who work so hard to produce the content week in and week out. Please go to kellyballer.com forward slash review. Again, that's kellyballer.com forward slash review. We really appreciate it. And you will also help more fellow Christian CEOs find this podcast. Thank you so much. Remember, you matter. See you in the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Christian CEO Podcast at www.kellybotter.com.